I'm Ramel London, and this is a special edition live recording from Box Park Croydon of the Mainstream Podcast. Please welcome to the stage AJ King, Jacqueline Se- Shepherd, Neha Ahmed, and KG the comedian. Well, thank you so much, all of you, for being here. Can we give them another round of applause? Thank you so much. Uh, we're gonna ha- we are going to have time for a Q&A, so if you do have any questions, if anything comes to mind, please do ask questions. Um, but I'm going to go straight in. I want you all to introduce yourselves and just say a little bit about yourselves. We'll start with you, AJ. Good evening, everyone. My name's AJ King. Um, at present, I'm a DJ, presenter, um, facilitator, teacher, artist manager, multi-hyphenate. Um, love the game. Yeah, and have come from the bottom up. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to um, you know sharing with you my journey and also addressing some of your um, questions. Thank you, AJ. Hi guys, it's Neha. I'm a TV and radio presenter. I host the chart show on BBC Asia Network and also do uh, a couple of TV shows. And yeah, I also started from the bottom, which he actually witnessed a few of my auditions because obviously hey. Kiss chosen one. So I'm looking forward to talk about all of that sort of stuff. So definitely be able to give you some advice. Good stuff. I'll go for this one. Um, good evening, everybody. I'm KG. I'm an actor, comedian, YouTuber. Yeah, and a dad. Ah, yeah. oh, that is an accolade. Yeah, it's important. It's important. It's big yes, one. love that. Thank you, KG. Hello, how you doing? It's Jacqueline Shepherd here. I am a TV and radio presenter. Yeah, you got that? How you doing? <laughs> how <laughs> I you do that doing? at the start of my show every Wednesday on BBC Radio <laughs> London. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm a TV and radio presenter. And and yeah, actually got lots of uh, lots in common, especially with these two on the end, and and this one by my side as well. So yeah, just looking forward to sharing and hearing your questions and sharing some time with you. Woo-woo. And I just got to say, I love these guys so much. Woo, we love you too. They are just, yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's just people that I always love watching their journey and success. And, and these four are definitely a part of that. So I'm really, really excited to, to talk about that. So um, let's get really, really, you know, how did it all happen from the beginning? Um, so how did you each individually get into broadcasting? Anyone can jump into that one. Um, I'll start. Um, so I got into broadcasting accidentally. There was a community radio station. Does anyone know what community radio is? Yeah, it's a radio with like a restricted area. There was one in Harlesden. A friend of mine couldn't make her show. Spilling my drink everywhere, typical. Um, she couldn't make her show, so I covered it. Um, that turned into 10 years of learning the craft of radio, DJing, interviewing everyone from the police to community leaders, to young people, to eventually becoming a board of the charity that run the radio station. I then, yeah, yeah. Um, And yeah, like I said, throughout that time, branched out into teaching as well. So I was writing courses for young people. Basically anything to do with radio or DJing, I was fully, fully involved, just fully immersed myself in it. Um, And yeah, it was a sort of 10 year ascension, um, even, yeah, yeah, to, to where I'm at now. The 10 year story is real. So mine was weird because I never, I've obviously always loved music, but I never said, right, I want to be a radio presenter. I actually went to uni to study acting. I wanted to be an actor Um, and studied acting, came out, thought, right, I'm going to be an actor. What's going to help? I'll enter a few beauty pageants. There wasn't a lot of options for Asians out there, right? So I entered, um, (laughs) I entered uh, Miss India, by the way, in Pakistani, controversial topic there. Um, But I managed, I managed doing a monologue on stage, got to the top five and then they were like, do you know what? I did a speech about world peace, Pakistan, India. Anyway, I didn't get through because I'm not Indian. Um, But because of the beauty pageant, someone actually interviewed me on a radio station and they were like, wow, you've got so much energy. And it was like six o'clock in the morning. Why don't you come and be a weather girl? And I was like, yeah, fine. Did the weather and travel, couldn't drive, said everything wrong, M25 is the M25, you know. All of that sort of stuff. But then I fell into radio and worked on community radio, just like you said, um, for about seven years. It took me seven years before I got into the BBC. I covered shows on Kiss. I covered shows like across the board, but I just never got the job. Um, so it took a very long time on community. Did um, YouTube presenting with my lovely friend Joel, who's here, who's got his own channel, Media Spotlight UK. Um, so that gave me a bit of experience into presenting and that type of thing. And then, yeah, I guess... That's how I started. Thank Brilliant. You, um, mine is a proper unorthodox route. 
Um, sometimes I can't believe it myself. So my first video, I don't know if you lot would have seen it back in the day, Shadrach and the Mandem. All right. Come on, done no, done no, done no. Okay, okay, okay. You lot rate me. You lot rate me small, small. Um, no, so I done, um, I done Shadrach and the Mandem, and it was crazy because. It was one of my boys, I was at uni, and one of my boys was like, oh, he wants to do this, he wants to do that. He wants to start a comedy version of YouTube. He wants to start a channel, comedy version of YouTube called Click Replay. Back in the day, like, this early. And um, I was like, you know, I'm going to help out because I want to see my boys come up. I, I grew up in Brixton. Um, we did that, and it went crazy. You know, wasn't, I wasn't even ready for what happened. Then we, uh, after that, it was Caramel. We done the R&B group. No chicken. I don't know if you look. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did that. Um, did did um, did no chicken. Guns and pork. Guns yep, and yep. Pork. All of that. Come on. Did all of that. And then um, then it gets nuts. Then it gets nuts. Then it gets crazy because um, the the hard stuff comes. So like we was on the mobiles. Mm. It was like we was doing stuff that we never done before, but we weren't getting paid. <laughs> yeah. We weren't getting yeah. paid. So it was like I was like. Everyone knew me on the ends, but we had no peace, <laughs> you know. Um, and it's been it's been a long journey. I'll say now, like I think I'm in. When we talk about ten years, I think that's the marker. Ten years, I would say, where it's of relentless non-stopping. And then you get to a stage where I think in the last three years, I've done a show. Wait, this, these are the recent stuff I've done. Um, I had my own show on BT. Chat like that. Culture Capsule. Um, that was my. Oh, couldn't believe that. Um, Ted Lasso, I'm in, um, I'm in a show called Bloods on Sky. Um, that's there right now. I've done a lot of things in the last three years, but it took um, about eight years to finally get signed to an agency, to, to an acting agent. So it's a long, it's a long journey, but it's a beautiful one. And I'll kind of get into why and the reason as we get into it. Thank yeah. you. Love that. Memory lane, boy. Jeez. Yeah. Yep, another another ten years, another decade, and um, and yeah, and I met some of these lovely people along the way as well. At the very beginning as well, lots of people in the room um, are quite responsible for the very beginning of my journey, Shay and Lise. Um, so yeah, so basically, I um, also did a lot of community radio. I was doing a lot of stuff working with uh, universities, which is where they come in. And uh, basically, just kind of getting getting myself out there, just trying to get as much experience as I could in front of cam in front of the camera. And um, so I started off really with my my heart set on TV presenting, but then also wanted to just generally broadcast and, and do presenting overall. And so I worked on a couple of community radio stations, like uh, Neha. I also ended up doing travel and weather. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I mean, I don't even drive, so me doing travel was just a bit of a joke, to be honest. Um, but anyway. Anyway, somehow uh, I managed to make that travel and weather into a bit of an entertainment slot on still on this community radio station and then I eventually got my own show on that station and then it's just been a long old hard slog um, and then along the way I had a few sort of unpaid community TV shows and then you know got onto onto uh, a more mainstream TV show which a few of us were on and uh, and then yeah in the last few years yeah. similar sort of thing you know um, got picked up by an agent uh, got onto the one show, uh, got onto Sky Cricket, which I'm still doing, and BBC Radio London. So along the way, um, it's um, yeah, it's all of a sudden when you sort of get to that 10-year park, suddenly things start to switch around, and that's the case for me. And it sounds very similarly for these guys as well. So that's me. Thank you so much, guys. Like you lot have really highlighted that whole. I, has anyone ever heard the phrase? It takes 10 years to be an overnight success. It's the most ridiculous theory. However, it seems to be something that happens to a lot of people. So thank you so much for dri uh, driving that forward. Um, okay, AJ, Hello. you skipped a major, I just major, realized. I just realized, yeah. Major yeah, yeah, yeah. key in your career. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100, 100. You won <laughs> the first, sorry, we need, like, this is drum roll worthy. You won the first ever Kiss FM Chosen Come on. Ones competition. Come on. Now, for those of you, yes, thank you for the round of applause. For those of you that don't know what that is, this was the hugest deal in British broadcasting because a huge mainstream commercial station literally said, hey, come to an audition and see if you get picked. Literally, any, anybody. 
Everybody was there. Yeah. Literally, yeah. everyone. Yeah. We were everybody all there. We were all there. We were all there. Guys, we were we were all there. Literally. Like, regardless if you knew about Kiss or not, everyone was there. So you won the first ever competition. I remember waking up in the morning on the day that you won, and they, they these people went to his house. Did the, it was very X Factor. So AJ, please tell us about that process. Like what made you audition? And then what was it like when you won? Okay, cool. So um, yeah, so that year was 2010, 2011. Mm. So I'm officially an OG at KISS now. So um, <laughs> I was actually doing community radio at Bang Radio, not getting paid. At the time I was doing two shows a day. Um, I was actually doing wow. a show with Ramel. Yeah, I did the breakfast two show. Yeah, I was doing the breakfast show and then I used to come back and do the mix show in the evening. Mighty. I don't play. <laughs> Standard, so yeah, I did breakfast show in the morning and then just shell it down on the decks in the evening. Um, yeah, KISS had a competition. They were looking for a brand new presenter. I didn't enter it um, only after everyone started calling me saying Blaze, because I used to be called Blazo My Days. Yep, still saved in my phone, yeah. Blaze. Blazo My Days, that was my name. Used to be called Blazo My Days, entered the competition, um, did quite well at the audition. Um, it was in a club in central London somewhere. And you know, like I just went and did my thing. Then we all got, then we had to, yeah, we all got called up to Kiss. So we had to like do live auditions in the studios, meet the producers and stuff. And I distinctly remember telling them there, it's like, you're not getting rid of me for about five years at yeah. least. And this is before I've got the job or whatever. I was just like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, this is my shit. This is what I want to do. It's, since I was eight years old, want to be on this station. I was like, I'm doing this damn thing. So um, yeah, we had to. We got set tasks. So we had to get people to vote for us, create videos. Annalise was involved. She was she was part of it. Neha, did you audition on my year as well? No, was it you? no, I did, but I didn't even get through to the top ten. Okay, see it there. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Neha was doing weather. There we go. There we go. But yeah, Ramel was in that audition. No, I didn't make it. Oh shame! Shame! Shit, man! Who said that? Okay. A few people, you know, made it through to the audition. Jacqueline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me yeah, and you Annalise. Two made yeah, me and Annalise, we made it down oh, to. Oh, Annie, and Jacqueline. Jacqueline and Jacqueline. Yeah, that's what I said. Guys, can you tell how passionate we was about this? <laughs> It was very important. Yeah. If you if you if you Google it and look back at the height, no, there wasn't don't anything. Google it. No, please don't, <laughs> don't look back. <laughs> yeah, it oh was it God. was the hype in radio. It was like the thing. So um, I for fortunately I won it. It was a three month contract um, hmm. for a breakfast show Sunday morning from oh gosh six till eight. I was doing and um, I was still on bang. And then by the grace of Jar Allah God Buddha, everybody. The, I had my first show on the Sunday, and I'd also, at the same time as doing community radio, I was also doing like community television with an organization called What's Up TV. So um, I was working with them. It wasn't even on TV at the time. Mm. It was, they were producing a DVD. It was a youth culture show. Y'all know what a DVD is. A DVD, <laughs> a digital versatile desk. You put it in, it spins. You know, um, so yeah, it was on DVD, my Gs. Um, so I was just grafting away doing that because I decided that I'd want to learn radio and television. So I was doing both at the same time. Um, by the grace of God, the day after my first show on Kiss was the first time that What's Up TV got aired on television. Mm. So I'm just like, yo, I need to, I need to be doing this. Like, this is my, my actual like thing that I need to be doing, like fearlessly. So that three month contract, um, elapsed, um, they gave, and I didn't actually sign a contract, um, but I was just there, and because I could DJ and I was fearless and whatnot, I I, anything they wanted me to do, I was doing it, and I was bodying it, and I was just grafting and going for it. So at the end of that year, in the November, they gave me a, a contract for a show, and the DJ who I'd be taking over, I used to listen to him at night, back in the day, ringing my brethren, going, yo, Swear's playing this, da 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 this, that, and yeah. So that was really, really crazy for me. I just became, and then I just became the night guy on Kiss. Um, and as a result of that, was able to DJ around the world. Um, I became a Prince's Trust ambassador, did loads of stuff with them, continued my work with, with Bang, worked with loads of TV companies, doing loads, just, just, just everything that you could imagine. Do you know, like, if you're wanting to get into the game now, everything that you want to happen right now, freaking happens and mm. I just committed myself to it and yeah just you know now like I said 10-11 years down the line I'm an OG 
you know, done loads of other stuff, which I'll touch on later. But yes, as Ramel said, that was sort of the, the commencement of my mainstream journey. Like, and the main thing that I will say is um, the, the big difference for me was that I thought, oh, these people are so relaxed. They're all paid up and they're doing their thing. And what it was was I just didn't, I couldn't see how the hustle looked. I knew how like the ground zero hustle looked. You know how it is, everyone's trying to do their thing, but the hustle had changed. Everyone was a lot slicker, like world-class operatives. Like, and I just thought, right, yeah, cool, I can, I can be that. And I did. So yeah, we'll touch on other things later, but yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you. What a story, man. Yeah, give that a round of applause. Okay, I want to go to Neha because you mentioned that you entered an Indian beauty pageant. Yes, I did. I love that. Um, <laughs> let's not worry <laughs> about, let's not specify specifically where we're from. I can get in trouble, so <laughs> but, you know. But no, I've got to say, you are absolutely representing as an Asian woman and the fact that you host the official Asian music chart on the BBC Asian Network. <laughs> By the way, this is the first of its kind. Yeah. The first yeah. of its kind. Yay. So that is a huge, huge accolade. And like I said, you know, representation is really important. And I know you care about it very passionately. Yes. Um, can you just touch on a little bit about what it is like being pretty much like you know a minority in the in the mainstream world in that sense it ain't easy that's what i'm telling you it ain't easy at all because to be honest i grew up in quite a white area and um there wasn't a lot of asians doing the sort of things that i did they wanted to be doctors scientists whatever asian jobs i do you know what i mean like the stereotype um all of that jazz my parents never forced me to do that so it was really difficult because i didn't really have any sort of asian role models to kind of look up to to say oh actually network contacts and things like that so i literally had to start fresh and cold um but along the way, it was difficult. There were a few comments I got, you know, along the way. You know, I went for a couple of demos and they're like, oh my God, you sound really posh. Yeah, I live in Slough. I'm not that posh. It's just how I sound, you know. I don't know. I just diction and stuff. But they were like, oh, but we think you're better suited to this station on that station. And I'm like, but why do you say that? Because, because I look the way I do, but I sound the way I do. So I've had certain comments from like some big radio stations about that, that they weren't expecting me to be like on a main station because I look brown but I sound white. They were a little bit confused. So I was kind of like, I don't know, it was just a bit of a weird middle ground that I was in. I'm gonna put this down. Um, but it was kind of like a weird middle ground that I was in because I was too English, white, whatever you wanna call it, for the Asian market, because I dress the way I do, I sound the way I do, but yet I was too Asian for the, for the mainstream market. So I found it bloody hard. So 2015, I went for a demo at Asian Network. And then literally, whoever was looking after it at the time was like, you should try for Kiss or Capital. We don't think you're... They didn't say you're not Asian enough, but they alluded to that, basically. Mm. You should try for those stations. You're not Asian enough. And then I went to these stations. They never said you weren't white enough, but I felt it. I felt it in the room, you know? Um, so, yeah. So it's been really difficult. But what I do love is I do have a niche and I'm gonna represent, yes. and I am different, and I don't give a shit, because I wanna, <laughs> I wanna make sure that I keep on pushing, and I will dress differently. I'm not gonna go out in a sari and wear a bindi, and like, you know, be the typical stereotype they want me to do, and go, in it, bruv. That's how they want me to talk. <laughs> That's how they want me to talk. That's not how I'm gonna talk, all right, bruv? This doesn't suit me. It, don't, it doesn't suit me, does it? It doesn't suit me. It doesn't suit me, no. So yeah, it's been a bit tough. <laughs> well, you are persevering, girl. We love to hear it. Thank you so much. Um, Jacqueline, I'm going to come to you. Um, so I, I know, so I, I don't know, if I'm allowed to say this. You're, you didn't actually, you actually had like another job. Like you was in a completely yeah. different industry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry, I'm not trying to air out your business. No, but um, <laughs> but, but um, you chose your career after you'd already started a career. Mm. So I think that's really important for anybody that, feels like they want to change their career, their mm. industry. Because that's what a lot of people I hear are terrified of. Mm. They're like, oh, but I've already, I'm already doing this. Maybe I should just stop doing that. So yeah. for you, what pushed you and allowed you to persevere and not just be like, oh, let me just carry on with my nine to five mm. and go to complete freelance? Like, how did you manage that? Yeah, so I think, oh God, the, the Dutch courage I had then, I don't know if I still have it now, oh, to be wow. honest. But um, so, yeah, I used to be a recruitment consultant. I was a charity fundraiser, you know, the street fundraisers that you see. I did that for quite Ooh, a few years. No, no, no. <laughs> I did it. I did it before they were called chuckers. Like, seriously. <laughs> you probably have. <laughs> and, um, and so I did that. And then I went into recruitment. The, the strand was, though, I was always talking, always talking mm. to people. So when I was on the street, street fundraiser, Raising. As much as we didn't get 
a lot of love. What I enjoyed was the communication, and that's always been really key to what I'd been doing. And I would sometimes meet people, and we'd have conversations, often about the charity, but often just about life. And that's what I loved, stories. Um, so then I then moved into recruitment, and some people kind of said to me, oh, you know, recruitment, why, why do you do that? And actually, I genuinely wanted to help people find jobs. <laughs> I was told to say I'm doing it for the money when I went for my interview. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, because um, <laughs> it's all about sales and targets and that sort of thing. But I genuinely wanted to help people find jobs. And again, one of the reasons that I connected with people was when I was on the phone to them, I wanted to find out about them. What are you suited to? And, and I had a good career as a recruitment consultant. And uh, it wasn't it was a bit soul-destroying for me. It wasn't really what I wanted to do. It's something that I fell into. But what it did mean that I was able to start kind of saving up a bit of money. And, um, and one of the things I would say is that I... So I have a, a podcast, which I do every now and again. Um, but th there's... I always say about listening to your inner voice. So my inner voice was basically telling me that I wanted to present, I wanted to broadcast. But I don't know, this thing of representation, I, I hadn't necessarily seen it. So I didn't necessarily recognize that it was for me. And so it took a little while for that voice to be loud enough for me to entertain. Actually, why don't you go and do that? You know, I'd always been the person in front of the class talking. Um, I'd always found a way to talk and present in some capacity, but I'd never made it a formal thing. So, I don't know, something within me just said, you know, you are not happy with what you're doing. Um, you know, you're gonna, be, you're gonna be 30 soon, just go for it. And so basically I decided to switch things up, saved up, so I saved up for about a year. What? And, um, yeah, That's so, amazing. Yeah, I saved up, I saved for about a year. So, because I knew that I was gonna take a massive pay cut, I was gonna be working for free, all of that sort of thing. Still paying rent, I didn't have parents that live in, in London. And, you know, I've always kind of, you know, managed to find my own way. So for the first six months of my savings, I kind of shadowed, did whatever I could. I literally wrote to anyone and everyone I knew. I didn't know anybody that worked in TV. Um, and so I managed to, um, I, uh, I went for a drink with someone and he just kind of basically told me, don't, don't even bother. But then he called me and said, uh, <laughs> like a couple of days later, he said, actually, my brother might need someone to shadow him on this premiere thing so I went and did that I think I got 50 quid at the time and eventually that kind of you know it started kind of it turned into something basically um, with that I was able to I, I was on star now the casting website and um, basically they were Westminster University were looking for a presenter. So these, so these guys come in. They were the people that were looking for a presenter at the time, and I managed to talk my way into getting an audition. So basically, Shay uh, gave me my first audition. Aww. He was pretending to be Katie Tunstall. I still remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, from doing things like that, university um, productions, Annalise and I started a Westminster Uni production together. But from doing things like that, I managed to get showreel material, and I had. Real just, I think I just had strength of character at the time. You know, mm. I really believed in myself. And obviously, when I was then auditioning, I was doing a decent job as well because I was getting these unpaid gigs. But what it meant was that eventually I had enough material to put a showreel together. And that's when things started kind of changing, went onto community radio, and things just started coming together. And it was a long slog mm. of doing lots of free stuff. But mm. eventually... You know, it was that thing of preparing, being in the right place at the right time. And it's that funny thing of the harder I work, the luckier I become. Ooh. And um, and that essentially is what happened. The same thing, What's Up TV, that um, AJ mentioned. I was working on a community radio station and um, basically uh, they said that some, a presenter had gone down sick um, and they're looking for someone. Are you available? And I had just lost my part-time job in an ad doing admin. Um, the day before, so I was available. And basically, yeah, I will say the rest is history because that was a big, you know, big wow. turning point for me. So yeah, recruitment, lots of community stuff, and then into into TV you, and radio. You made it work. I made it work. You yeah. made it work. Absolutely amazing. Right, KG. What up, what up? KG. Now, you mentioned yep. Shadrach and the Mandem. Yep. That... I'm sure if, if South Londoners, yeah, this is for you. It was a moment. It was a this moment. This is for it was you. Because I actually remember when it started seeping into North, Northwest, and yeah. everyone, everyone, like, I, so basically, how we actually met, 
we both had a mutual friend who was a young entrepreneur, wanted to create content. Yeah. And he was like, you need to meet KG. He's amazing. He's this, he's that. And I was like, oh, never heard of him. He's like, <gasps> like literally, God, you don't know about Shadrach and Amandem. And I was like, I am sorry to offend you. But it just hadn't reached that part because YouTube was still very new. So this was like 2010, 2011. Yeah. yeah. Like, many years back. Um, and just just give a, a bit more context about my journey. And I my main thing that I said I'm definitely going to do here is I just want to keep it real with you guys mm. and be honest so you guys know what to expect in these. Because it can come and I could say all these nice little buzzwords and you'd be like, oh, it's, like, it's easy. Mm. And I want to just be in incredibly real with you guys. So for how my thing started is um, with my, my situation, I never met my biological mother. In, in terms of um, when I was growing up. So I wanted to be famous purely just to like win an award and to say I did it without you. That was my, um, that was the first, that was my first motivation from the beginning. Um, and that was like, I was dedicated, I was like, that's the only way because there was no pictures of my mum in the house, there's nothing. So I just didn't know who this person, who this person would be or what they look like. Um, so I was like, win an award and just tell them I did it without you. Yeah, I mean, that was that was my speech. Um, and luckily, just over time, you know, when it and everyone's got a purpose. I, I believe everyone in here has purpose. Everyone in here has something in them, a dream in them. But what happens in life sometimes is the little voice becomes louder for you lot. And then you stop believing in what your purpose was. You know, so, um, and that's, my thing is, so I work with, I work with young people in care. So I was in care as well, I was in care. I lived in Manchester. I was raised by some white woman called Mrs. Wiggins. Big up to her, even though she was racist. Um, no, she wasn't like, it was just in the time, like she, I won't call her racist, but she just wouldn't let us, she wouldn't send us to school, basically. Oh, wow. She was like, there's no, she said, it's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> she said, in her head, she said, um, there's no point. They're not going to get jobs. So she was looking after these black kids. Wow. But she was like, you have to think at the time, like back in the day as well. Like, it was mad. My dad was like, well, my dad, Nigerian man, you know, was like, bring those children to London. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. And it was very nuts because I would say my relationship with my pops is one of, um, it was, well, neglect, I would say. You know, and I think I grew up in the ends. I grew, as I said, I grew up in Brixton, but my situation was different because I was the only one on, well, amongst my friends, I was the only one on the block with a dad. Wow. All my boys, everyone had a mum, you know what I mean? So it was really weird. Um, and let's just, I'll just progress the story. Luckily, many, um, this, hopefully this is giving you some context. Yeah, yeah you're with definitely. me. All right, cool. So we move it forward. One day, um, and excuse my Nigerian parents, they do reckless things. You're just going to understand it. So one day I came home, one Christmas, and um, there was a woman in the front, in the, in the kitchen. And then my dad was like, well, my dad's brother was like, yeah, that's your mum. Um, it wasn't. <laughs> oh. um, long story. He tells me when I'm 16. It got, to, yeah. I'm just letting you lot understand I'm kind of helping you lot understand what was kind of going on for me, if that makes sense. But I always want to give the rule so you guys just know when it, you don't stop when it gets nuts. Right. Because you're going to see someone else's success and be like, oh, it's just easy. Nah. And then because it's, it's hard for you, you might quit at that moment. And it's like, no, you can't quit. This is normal. This is a part of, the, this is a part of it. And I always like, my thing is, I'll say my test or my trial, it can be your testimony, it can be your thing to push you in it. Do you see what I'm saying? So um, we move forward. Um, I've always wanted to help. I've always wanted to give back to, um, to people, right? And my boys were like, I've got this idea, let's do sh Shadrach. <laughs> uh, we're going to do this thing, but you're the only one that can skate, bruv. <laughs> so <laughs> Literally. It's like, because we used to go roller disco in Vauxhall. <laughs> And it was like, yeah, come on, come on, <laughs> come on. We used to go roll at this guy in, in Vauxhall. It was a big thing. It was a big thing. And you can't fall. You want to look cool in it. You want to look cool. You got everyone skating backers in there. Like. So I took it serious. I was there like, you know when people are just there to like, listen to music? No, I'm sweating. Like, <laughs> I got a towel. Like, I'm like, I must get good at this. 
Um, yeah, and I've done this video. I've done the video. I remember doing the video, and I remember getting 100 views, yeah? And we're like, bro, 100 views, you know? <laughs> and then after it was like, I remember, this is before. This is not mobile phone era. This fair, is fair. go home, log in, yeah? Yeah, yes, yeah, so a mad internet connection situation. And then it went to like 200, and we're like, raw. Hey, we're moving, you know? <laughs> and then we, the, the, the excitement just started to build. When it got to 1,000, we was like, now you start to dream. This is when we get, when we get stupid. <laughs> it was like, raw. You know the Range Rover I'm gonna buy, cause then <laughs> I'm gonna buy the maddest Range fam with the cream interior. <laughs> Should we just create the business now? So um, yeah, we had, and this is what's crazy. So we all got gassed, we got excited, but then again, being from the ends and how we financed <laughs> to make that thing happen was a bit nuts. <laughs> yeah. So it like what happened is we started talking to like. Um, different clothing brands and they start the you know when they start to say you could have this money or you could have this yeah. and it mash up everything oh, wow. <laughs> it mash I'm just letting you know you know so what one of the key between my boys it mashed up every the whole dynamics everything changed you know because we weren't supposed to be, we didn't know I was gonna do this and now fame is here and even the dynamics of the groups changed where it's like you know, you got that the pretty boy in the group that used to get all the attention, and now no one's talking to you anymore. They want to talk to us. <laughs> you know what I mean? They want to talk to me, and it's and then it was a it was a point of the money and stuff. So I would one of the key things note this down, please. The person that you want to work with, like, be careful about the person you choose. Okay. You already know. There's already someone that you want to work with, and you're like, I can't work with you. <laughs> Listen to that. <laughs> it was it probably, and you have to go through it. Don't get me wrong. You have to go through it. But you know there's a friend that you're working with. You're like, you got certain ways about you. <laughs> yeah. And we ain't made no money yet. But your ways <laughs> is, and you never want to, and we lost. So everyone says, what happened to Shadrach and the Mandem? Beef. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, That's what happened to Shadrach and the Mandem. If I'll be honest with you. It would beef, beef her in Shadrach and the man them. Mm. And then after, me and my boys were like, and I'm talking beef. Oh. <laughs> you know? Um, and then we said, you know what? It was that line. I remember Marston came to me and he goes, um, make another hole. You know what I'm saying? Everyone says they made hole, make another hole. He said, let's do it again. Let's see what we can do. So but then Caramel came. You know, we hit them with um, the no chicken. Then we done Duncan and McCoy. <laughs> and then, like, more stuff came after it. But... I will say that I just all I want to do is really encourage you guys to understand that one, you can't let go of that thing that was is a little voice in you that wants to do something because life's for the living. And I'll, I'll quickly say that that mum that I was talking about because this is where I had the the real shift. Um, I five years ago, my stepmom. I only call my stepmom now for give you a lot of context. Mm. Yeah, I, as you see as mum, she had a heart attack yeah. and she passed, you know, and it was, my mum was the woman that she's everywhere. She like, she never went on holiday. You know, your typical mum that just doesn't travel. Yeah. If she's traveling, Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> and she's going to sell stuff in Nigeria. Yeah. She's not on a holiday. She ain't doing a wristband holiday thing. Yeah. Um, and I always said to myself, you know what, like, that was a big moment for me in my mum passing yeah. in terms of dreams, right? Mm. It was a major moment. And I remember I remember saying to my wife, I said, look, babes, like, I need to, I need to go for this thing, mm -hmm. you know? Like, because I was quite comfortable. And I was like, I need to go for this thing. I was proper working for the fostering agency. Wow. I was proper in there. Um, and I was like, babes, I really need to go for this thing. And she's like a couple months pregnant, <laughs> which is mad. <laughs> And I was like, babes, I'm gonna become an Uber driver. That's a mad thing to say. That's a mad thing to say to your, I'm just letting you look, understand how real this thing is. And remember, everyone knows who I am, by the way, but I'm gonna become an Uber driver. 
I remember saying, I have to go for this thing. I'm going to become an Uber driver and I'm going to make this thing work. And it was probably the best decision I've ever made. You know, like, and it will be nuts. I'll be in my Uber. People are like, Ruh, shed wreck. I'm like, don't know, don't know, don't know. <laughs> Obviously, still struggling, cuz, still struggling. <laughs> oh my God. But um, I'm thankful. I'm honestly thankful for that. You know, I'm, I'm thankful. And that, that's why I say chase your dreams because like one, life is short. Life is short. Like my mum would attest to that. And I just say, go for that thing. Go for it. Don't, don't ever stop. But yeah, that's it. Thank you, man. Testimony time. Come on. Love that. Thank you. Okay, we're really pushed for time. So we're going to have to... No, it's fine. It's fine. No, let, let the testimonies roll out, man. Why not? Why not? Um, but... There are, a few, but I want to open up for you guys as well if you have questions. So please do have those loaded. Um, but one thing I want to ask you all is um, if there was something you could say to someone that's starting out in the mainstream creative industry, what would you tell them and what should they be prepared for? Now, this can be anything on the podcast. We talk about anything from getting a lawyer to getting, getting your taxes sorted. To We talk about everything. So what is something that you might have not been prepared for that you wish you'd had been? So if you can keep them concise, that would be amazing. But yes, uh, AJ. I know, I know. So it's my time now. Hi, guys. Um, no, so um, in response to your question, and I was actually thinking about this on the way here, I think that it is very, very important that you do have a connect to some sort of legal backing or protection or some advisor who can give you um, that insight into a situation that you're not sure of. Say for instance, someone's approached you and said, oh, I wanna do a clothing collaboration with you, our splits are so and so, 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 so on and so forth. Here's how it should be negotiated. They can school you through that. They can you know, protect you. And like this industry is, competitive it's vicious it, it takes no prisoners it doesn't care about your feelings it moves forward regardless of whoever lives matters or doesn't it's stepping with or without you so it to me if i was looking back at myself i'd be like definitely because i've had some bs situations that thankfully i've been able to you know move through but they would have been a lot less taxing had I had, you know, good legal advice, you know, or built up a relationship with a legal team that I trust. I'm sure all of you guys know someone who's in uni, who's doing law or a cousin mm. or something. Those are the people that you need to connect with. Let them with. read that contract, bro. Yeah, 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 100%, 100%. And it, it just makes you, it makes you more of a commodity if when you're in that negotiation, you are, you know, representing yourself appropriately. There's nothing wrong with, with, with knowing about that. So that is what I would say, 100%. That was great, thank That's you. That's really good, actually. I need to sort that out then. <laughs> Just thinking, my friend's a lawyer. Um, I think the one thing I think somebody should have told me, could have told me, and I would tell someone, is that it's okay if it takes a long time, and it's actually really refreshing sitting here, and we're all talking about that 10-year thing, because I get bad anxiety, like turning 30 and all of that jazz, about, I'm not there yet, oh my God, I'm going to be old, and I'm a woman, and all of this sort of stuff. So I get really panicky. Um, well, I did. And then, you know, and it did take me sort of six, seven years to get onto, like, on, onto a big BBC platform, um, but I always used to look at other people, oh my God, they did it in a year, or they did that, or they did this, and it always used to just worry me, and looking at everyone else getting there quicker than me, but it doesn't matter. Because those people that were doing those things then, I'm further on from what they're doing now because right. I was patient and I worked hard and I'm here now. So just, I would say to you, just don't worry about time. Don't worry about your age. Even if you're a female as well, like worried about age, babies and all that sort of stuff and just like life, isn't it? Just don't worry about that. Your time will come, just be patient. Message. Solid. Um, I would say, oh, the first thing is don't be like a perfectionist. Okay. I would say don't be a perfectionist. It's a waste of your time. You won't do it. You know, you'll say, oh, good, this idea is going to come soon. And it's not, you're not going to do it. Mm. He's like, I'm going to wait till I get that camera or this piece there or that, or that program. No, you need to get into the thing of the habit of working, doing the work. Mm -hmm. I would say. So if, when, if you look, go back and look at some of my YouTube videos early, you can just see progression. True. You know, the lighting was a bit, oh, like, <laughs> and then, and then also, I would say, learn the stuff, do it yourself, because when you wait for this person, I'm that person's gonna edit your thing, it's long. Your idea won't happen. 
and it dies. You know, so I would say honestly, um, it can start off rubbish. You'll you will teach yourself how to edit. Be the person. It's all in you, until people come along to help out. You know, but that's because then then it's really gonna happen. You know, after you started doing something for like um, I don't know what's what's good, four or five months consistently every week. You know that thing's a thing now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I would say that. Um, okay, we're going to have to push it. <laughs> <laughs> apologies, apologies. But Jacqueline. Um, I would say, similar to what Neha was saying about um, but the strand I'm picking up in, on is comparison. Mm. And the moment you can sort of stop comparing yourself to other people, it's so freeing because you realize, you know, there is only one you. You are the person who's going to get you the job, not being like someone else. Because otherwise, you're just like that person. They're going to go for that person. So be you. So just leave behind comparison. And I'll, I'll leave it there. Thank you. Yeah. That was concise. <laughs> that, that was concise. Right, Jacqueline. <laughs> get there we'll get there right okay before i open up to the floor there's one question this this annalise was there the last time uh, annalise was on the last panel annalise days everyone annalise days um yes 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 i'm just saying i'm just saying but this one stirred it up how important is an agent oh lord help us how important is an agent i mean we're all booked and busy but oh Straight to let the it point. Rip, let it rip. Not important at the beginning. Um, I was by myself for seven years. Um, seven years alone. Um, and what's good though is you actually form relationships with production. With production, Personally. they know you. You know, and it's even better now. Now I have the agent. Now it's good because you, they can't just. You don't have to turn up to set yourself. They get your car. Wait, what? You, you oh, know, I thought you meant you don't have to turn up at all. No, you don't have to turn up by it. But I'm saying like there's there's more now. The contract. Getting paid is more smoother. True. But then you need to, what happens is it's easy for me now to get things commissioned because I know these people. I've mm, built a relationship yeah. over time. So yeah. don't feel bad for looking after yourself in the first couple of years because you're literally building up your contacts and building up your reputation. Because let's say you have an agent and your agent's not that nice. We, it can yeah, get nuts some, when I won't book you because I just hate your agent. Yeah. Imagine. You know? So just that's what I'm saying. So don't feel bad in the beginning. At the beginning, you need one at some point, but don't feel bad. There you go. <laughs> well done. <laughs> that was clear and concise. <laughs> um, I, I, echo, I echo some of that um, in as much as I, I got signed to my agent about... 14, 15 months ago or something like that. So again, you know, I was, I'd really done the hard graft, to be honest. And it's often at that point when you've done the hard graft that an agent often comes in. Um, but then, you know, in terms of negotiating stuff and kind of, you know, some of the conversations, some of the awkward conversations, actually, which I didn't yep. like having, mm -hmm. they will now have. Yeah. So there's, the, you know, the, there's the ease of that. But I will always say, you're always going to be your own best agent as well. And as much as you are the person who can keep pushing yourself, who can keep um, putting out your socials, and making sure that you're, I don't know, being seen. The things that you were doing before don't necessarily stop doing those things mm. um, because, you know, an agent will work for you, but you've really got to be working for yourself regardless. Love yeah. that. Yeah, so um, let me touch on the whole agent thing. So when I... When I what's going on here, they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I first started at KISS, I was approached by an agent who ended up representing Ramel for a little while. Um, oh, that, that didn't go well. Yeah. Let's, let's move know. on. I'm I don't not, even remember her name. Let's move on. I'm not going to say the name. <laughs> it was bad. But, it but, was bad. But, you know, what that taught me is exactly <laughs> what KG said. There is so much to be learned on the ground, meeting people, negotiating, effing it up learning, coming back again, walking through the same door, fresh. There's a lot to be learned, you know, without having an agent. And so many times I get approached by presenters or DJs or just personalities are like, AJ, do I need an agent? Depends what you want to do. Depends where you're at, so on and so forth. Depends how valuable you are, a commodity in this game. Like, it all, it, it's all different. But, you know, my experience, much like Ramel, it kind of went left because I just realized that I'm a very self-sufficient person. Um, I can, you know, speak and, you know, whatever. I could have been doing what she was doing by myself. Um, and an agent or someone who's, they're a team member, you pay them. So they need to be bringing you things that you can't reach. If I'm five foot four and I'm trying to reach that shelf and like someone who's six foot can reach it, 
that get on my team B. There you go. Yeah. Because you're giving me something that I can't, I can't, you know, get myself. So when you are looking for an agent, look at who they're working with. Look at what they're doing. Like they might have, you know, six absolute wetters on their roster. Like that could then mean you might not get the attention that you need. So you might need to look somewhere else. Um, in the DJ world, um, it helps loads because, you know, um, it's everything from clubs, um, activations, if, you know, uh, flipping Supreme are doing a party uh, or, you know, um, what was I going to say? Festivals and things like that. It's really, really useful to have a DJ agent. Fortunately, over the past 10 years or whatever, I've built up great relationships with clubs and brands and so on and so forth. So I get a fair bit of work myself. But I now know that, okay, yeah, shit, I could definitely do with some big things now. Do you get me? Yeah. And that's the, that's the same in radio and TV because I can go, Ross, it's 10 years of that, 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 been there, been there, been there. And they're like, oh, shit, who are you? So, you know, it, it's, it is... You have to be honest with where you are at mm -hmm. and understand that they are supposed to be bringing to you and managing you. Um, and a lot of agents don't actually want to teach you things. No, they right. don't, they, it's not really their job, but they actually get a better return on their investment if they teach you shit. Mm. So, you know, I, I've looked after people before, whether that be DJs or artists or whatnot, and me advising them, whether it's about this accounts or law, or literally, when you're talking to someone, shut up, like, let them speak. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, just basic things, mm. it works for them. So be aware that as, as much as they have a roster and they're very picky, you should also be very, you know, concerned with who they're working with, how they work, and, yeah, don't think of an agent as a be-all and end-all. It should be like an addition to yeah. what you do. That makes sense. Thank you. That was good. That was good. Um, so, I don't know. I didn't have an agent at the beginning. I did everything myself. So, I got a chance to cover a couple of shows on Kiss, cover some shows on Capital. I got the What's Up TV job on Sky One, my Indian TV show that I do as well without an agent. And that's just from what you said, hard graft. So, it's just like emailing, getting in people's faces, constantly emailing, like chasing them up and things like that. I never got an agent. But I am lucky the agent I do have did teach me things. And he's more of a mentor. And he was my old station manager when I was doing community radio. He's got his own um, talent agency now. So he has actually helped me and trained me, but he never took a cut from me ever. So he what? was always there developing me for years. Well, that's lovely. And years. That's a real agent, boy. Mentor, mentor. Like a mentor. So it'd be yeah, good for you to get a mentor rather than an agent if you're on your beginning yeah. stage of your career good and shout. just kind of lean on them and get advice and everything. But now I've got an agent, and yes, exactly what you said, it's an addition. They're working for you. Um, you're, you're paying them basically whatever percentage so you need to make sure they're just an addition they're basically getting the things that you can't reach and the contacts you can't but I've seen people sit on their ass doing nothing because they've got an agent no 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 nah you've got to carry on doing what you're doing 100. they're just an addition if you sit back nothing's going to happen and your agent will drop you <laughs> yeah there's yeah. also that no, no and then it's the end of the world yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Is yeah, it, it I had to make sure I say this because okay. everyone spoke about it. I've got an agent. She, um, I'm signed with Curtis Brown. They're um, sick, by the way. They're, yeah, yeah, they're, 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 they're I didn't even know about them. Like it's huge acting, huge acting. Yeah. Agent. So, yeah. um, but then I remember doing the. I was getting to do a um, show, Time Wasters. I had no agent. I had nothing, mm. and I wanted to sign with Identity. Because all the black people oh, <laughs> with I identity. Remember that agency. Yeah, yeah, all the black people with yeah, identity. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they didn't want me. I, I said, I said, like, oh, I've got this, like, I've got a show, like, can you, you can do it. Like, you can, here's the, they already offered it to me. And then I was like, it, I don't, I didn't feel that they the wanted love. me yeah, at yeah. all. But yeah. then the casting director was like, finish this show, I promise you, I will sit you in front of every single agency in the, and, it's, and it's your choice. You know what oh, I mean? I and that, that was, and then, but then, so then, but now what was beautiful about that moment is when choosing an agent, you're choosing someone that, again, as you said, someone to have on your team. One guy looked at me, I remember one white guy looked at me, goes, I've got no one black. Oh, you'd be yeah, good. <laughs> I've got no one black. I've got no one black. You'd be good. Um, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and that you have to, and else, people might say that to you, you know? Yeah, yeah, so I'm just real. letting you know that that could happen. But yeah, just choose the one that you know you can form something with. And my agent's been brilliant. Ever that since. was a good gem. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Thank you, sir. Concise. Well, um, thank you so much, guys. I mean, I, we could, I wish we could do this for longer. But I want to open the floor really quickly because we want to party a little bit. Um, party. But can we open the floor? Does anyone have any questions? Don't I mean, if shy. not, we can just party. 
Oh, go. Okay, Shaney Ryan's in the building. Yeah, please do. Oh, we've got the we've got the roving mic coming through. So let's get that. Yes, because we got some real real broadcasters in the building. I just want to add something to the agent thing. It was burning me not to share it. Um, pretend you've got an agent. Start a fake email address when you're starting out. Okay, with a girl. Fake name. Yeah, and literally just be like, hi, I'm emailing for my client. Or if you get a job come to you, negotiate the money as someone else. Then they don't hate you when you're ballsy. Oh, come it. on, Shaney so Ryan. Fake it till you make gems, it. Gems, gems. That was good. I can't lie. I did that for a while. I can't even lie. I can't my, even Jerome lie. Smith. Jerome yeah, yeah, yeah. was my guy. Jerome. I, was a, I was a guy. Jerome, I, was a, I, I literally asked my friend, can I use your name? He was like, yeah, go shoot, shoot your shot. <laughs> I was Charlie Black for a minute. Um, <laughs> So yeah, big up Charlie Black. Um, <laughs> do you have any other questions? Oh, over here, thank you. And over there afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like the um, theme of the panel is fearlessness. Ooh. What would your advice be to someone who is fearful and who has, who is over thirty, who has like kids and who is very fearful? Um, what would your advice be to someone who wants to break into a creative industry? Well, we're gonna have to fight for this mic. Can I can I, I can I quickly yeah, say on. something? Can go I quickly on. say something? So my job now is a presenter to stand in front of people and talk, yeah. Before I was 18, I was so shy, like I couldn't speak to girls, couldn't even go and drop my CV off. It was freaking ridiculous. Harvester opened across the road for me. I was like, this has to stop. <laughs> so I went and got a job as a waiter in order to force myself to talk to people. Mm. Yeah? Right? Um and as far as fearlessness and what I've realized is, especially during my teaching days, ex explaining to people how to you know, run a desk in a radio studio, I always say to them, the only reason why you think this is alien is because you're just not used to pressing the buttons and everything. You can talk, you can, you can talk. So practice, put yourself in the environment. Like I, listen, I've done everything under the sun. Like you might see me uh, as a runner on a music video, um, Move. Um, <laughs> 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 I remember one time I was working with a friend. We were breaking down the stage for a, a concert that MNEK did. Um, what else? I do random stuff, mainly because I want to learn, mainly because I want to get involved. I can't even think of what I, what the stuff that I've done, but there's, there's I'll have a look at my notes. But yeah, <laughs> dive in, man. <laughs> dive in. I made notes. I made notes. Dive in. That's what that's what I would say. Yeah. Dive in and just repetition, repeti repetition, like. And if you use your children as a motivation, as motivation, mm. like I've I've got a son, like he's looking at me like, yeah, but you're not Insta famous, dad. Like, <laughs> where's your like, where's your stuff? Do you know what I mean? So use them as your motivation. Use them as that's your motivation, but primarily just freaking do it. Get it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. My one is I would say as a parent as well, I would say that you want to be able to look your child in the face and say you can do things. Like my thing is. I can't tell my daughter to dream if daddy don't dream himself. Are you, are you with me? True. Like, really. So it's like, I would say that, but then there's certain books I would say to check out. Um, Ego is the Enemy is a, is a really good one. Check that out. Um, Eric Thomas, he's a, he does um, stuff on YouTube. It's free. Yeah? Eric Thomas, check that out as well. Just You have to put good messaging in on a daily. And I'll right. say consistently until you start to challenge that voice but yeah definitely start it now start from the start yeah and put start. yourself in uncomfortable situations like the harvester thing that's such a good example that's what i did just did things if i knew i was scared of it if i knew i wouldn't be good at it i still did it even how uncomfortable it made me feel and over 30 who gives a shit you don't even look over 30 so it's all good yes queen yes love that thank you so much uh we have another question oh we've got two questions okay okay we're gonna squeeze these in come on y'all ready go for it that's my fiance, everyone. Go on. Is that fiance? I was hey. waiting for him. Come on. Hey. Come on. Hey. I knew that would work. Come on. Go on. Ask your question. Congratulations. Hun. Come on. Okay, He's going to come and embarrass me later. <laughs> nah, um, it was kind of similar. But um, I know you gave some gems on someone that was starting out. But what about someone that's halfway? And they just Ooh. think, you know what? Forget this. Blah, blah, blah. What urge? What was the push? What was the thing that got you Great through question. that middle bit? Like no, nah, I was. I don't know if you heard that thing about you know digging, digging for treasure, right? Can you imagine? Yeah, <laughs> it's like you are going at something, and this is how I see it is. I look at our thing with Shad. This is perfect, actually. Shadrach and Amanda, right? Brilliant. We was on it, yeah, and we stopped. Man's not hot, came. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> People come up to me like, bruv, 
You should be like, man's not hot. Like, if you, if you done what he done, then, like, your thing, because you look funny. And I'm like, oh, I was doing that. But yeah. we stopped. Yeah, Are yeah. you with me? So you got to say to yourself, like, you could be this close. Mm -hmm. yeah? yeah? And then you stop. Someone, bap, bust through everything. Yeah. Number ones. Every, bro, when I was watching that, I was like, raw. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's a realist, though. he's in China. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying inside. <laughs> no, but that's it. But literally, what pushed me... Um, for me, honestly, um, well, you're lucky. You've already got an amazing woman on your side. Yeah. You, no, I, I would say you need people that care about you. Yeah, you need sure. people that love you, you know, um, and people that will just have your back, you know. So I'm lucky I got an amazing wife that was like, keep going, mm. keep going. Mm. That's you know, important, that's, that's important. You need just, you know what I mean? And then after you just got to say to yourself, it's going to happen, you know. And if you like, I believe in God. So I was like, God doesn't give you a peek. I was saying it to you earlier. He's not going to be yeah. like, look at this room. Because you get into some rooms and it's like like Channel 4 or whatever. Mm. It's like, here you go. Can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> it don't work like that. It don't work like that. It's like, here you go. How hard are you going to push to open that okay. door that stays open? Are you with me? Right. But yeah, sorry. Beautifully said. Thank Can I add something? Okay, yeah, go for it. We've got one more question, right? Yeah, one last question. I just want to add something and share a story with you guys. So a couple of years ago, I was in beef with my radio station and I wasn't on air for a year. So I'm a radio guy. This is what I do. Not being able to be on radio, it's just like, what the hell? My sister called me up. She's like, I need you to come with me somewhere meet me on the train, ran to the Metropolitan Line, met her in Brixton, she was going to an audition for drama school. I went in with her to the audition and the audition had already started. The guy didn't want to hear that I wasn't here for the audition or whatever, so two hours later, I'd completed a drama audition <laughs> with my sister. Aww. Running scenes, doing voices, like exercises, the whole lot. And people have paid to go to this audition, right? <laughs> Ended no the audition way. now, yeah B, yeah, <laughs> mad. So I did that. Um, at the end of the audition, we had to go with your scene partner because we perform a scene to the heads of this drama school uh, to your scene partner, giving your name. So I gave my name and he's like, your name's not on the list. And it was like <laughs> something out of a movie, yeah? One of them was like, hang on. <laughs> and I was like, look, I tried to tell you two hours ago. I was just here to support my sister. He's like, why didn't you say anything? And the other guy was like, well, AJ, what are you going to do? Do you want to audition or not? I was like, yeah, 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 cool. Safe. Didn't think anything of it. Left, got a drink with my sister couple months later, got an acceptance email to this drama school. I'm like, oh shit, I'm in drama school. Wow. Acting. I'm not on radio. I'm just going to become an actor now. Sick. So, um, called up my sister. She got in. and Thank it turned... God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would have been... I wouldn't have cared. I wouldn't have cared. I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have cared. I wouldn't give it a shit if she didn't get in. But um, yeah, got in and it turned out to be Identity School of Acting, um, no which is like top tier drama school. So, for that year... I was like locked into acting mode, learning ins and outs acting. Um, again, my si as part of our homework, we had to do an audition. My sister was like, oh, Angela Mars got a play. They're looking for new people. I was like, okay, B, whatever. Went down there, did all my techniques that I learned in class. <laughs> She's like, you're really good. I was like, okay, but we haven't got space for you. Be an understudy. I was like, oh shit, amazing. So an understudy is when they give you a part, but then you are like, the, the if they're sick or something, Back you come up. in. So for like, Three to four months, I was with a whole ensemble performing this play called Take Me Back. It was based in church. And um, yeah, I was just in acting mode. And I got a chance to actually fulfill the part um, in Birmingham, sold out theatre, got paid to act. And like, that's on my CV. And the reason why I'm mentioning that is because what you said about, you know, when you're already there. Mm. Sometimes, like, you might have done what you've supposed to do. Ooh. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can sit here and go, yo, I've done every show on Kiss. Wicked, but I still love radio. I still want to be there. But that experience showed me. It was just like, shit, boy. There's, there's so much more that you can do. Everyone has skills in some way which are transferable. But it is, again, like I said to the young lady, you just have to be so freaking fearless. Yeah. So fearless. And based on what this gentleman said, I'm going to tell you, I used to work in a bank before I... Oh, not another story. Yes, I. Yes, I. <laughs> we got yes, one I. more real quickly, to go. real quickly, real quickly, but it's important. It's important. Okay. So I used to work in a bank, um, and this was, what, 2007? 
<laughs> I was expecting my first son, and unfortunately, he passed away two weeks before he was due. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know if you've worked in a bank before, but your clients are like your brethren, like they see you all the time or whatnot. So these people are bringing me gifts, oh. cards, rare, rare, buff, buff. I'm like, he didn't make it. Like, mm. and that created a switch in my brain. I thought, rotted. He didn't even get to open his eyes, mm. moan about the rain, fall over, bust his face, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'm here like complaining about my life. Fuck this. So I left Barclays, went to uni as a mature student. <laughs> um, everyone's looking at me like, what the hell? Yeah, Much like you with your Uber driver. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, went to uni, did that course, did radio, did television, entered the Kiss Chosen One competition, won it. And then I'm sitting here mm. after doing the whole thing. I hear so, that. So... When it comes to like being fearful or whatever, I, I, I saw something today. They were like, oh, I can give you 10 million pounds today. Would you be happy? Yeah, yeah, cool. I know what to do. Okay, cool. It's on the condition that you don't wake up tomorrow. What would you rather? Mm -mm. 10 million pounds or not being able to wake up? They chose waking up. And I was just like, yeah, the fact that I can still be here, opening up my eyes and doing things, like Facts. that's that's how we move. So my advice to anyone who's a little bit stuck or a little bit fearful or a little bit wary or whatever, fuck it, man. Like, get it done. Just do it. They might laugh at you. They might cuss you. You might fucking film the whole thing. SD card corrupt. Whatever. <laughs> like, it all happens. That, it all, it all happens. Yeah, 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 because it's true. Yeah, it's true. You get the GoPro home and there's no footage. It's like, what the hell, man? All my interviews gone. Nah, everyone so, yeah. felt that one. Keep it pushed. Yeah, it's true. Shit happened. Ah, yeah, that happened. That happened. But charge it to the game. Like, literally tell yourself, this is a chapter in the book. I'm going to be blessed. So, yeah, yeah. keep Thank it the fuck you. moving. That's, that's, that's my Thank take. You. That's what I would say. Love that. Okay, final question. Please try and keep it, keep it concise. And hopefully only one person needs to answer it. Hi, um, this question is for KG. Oh, Hi. Specific. There you the go. one that chats the longest. Hi, oh my, my gosh. Name's, my name's Natasha, and How I'm from Fabrox Magazine. I really was touched by your story. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really compelling and real. So yeah. I would think everyone should give you a round of applause for that. Aww. Aww, Thank you, lovely. Natasha. Um, it really, it, it, I relate to some of them, uh, some of what you were talking about. And I wanted to ask you if you still are involved with um, any organisations and charities to yeah, support Yeah, still, um, I can't let go. So I've got, um, I've got four kids that I'm trying to see out of care. So they're on that, I'm preparing them for life out of care. Basically, um, that's amazing, everyone. Come yeah. on, <laughs> meet my co-host Natasha, everyone. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yes. Um, yes. yeah, but I'm trying. This is it. So, um, they got I got two more years working with them, and then my because I've been working with young people for like plus as long as I've been doing this, basically. But yeah, that's it's ending in about two years. But yeah, I'll always be a mentor to them, but it'll just be different, basically. Love that. Okay. Oi. Natasha, Oi. got work Ruff. for you, you know. Hey, what are you saying? Entanglement. What? Entanglement, yeah? Okay. KG. Keep my wife's name out your mouth, fam. No, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. I'm playing. I had to say something stupid. I had to say something stupid. I'm sorry. What? I was too professional. I've been too professional. That I've was work-related. Work-related network. We're networking. I, I've been too professional. We're network. Okay. I've never sounded like this for so one. long okay. in my we'll life. Let, we'll let you off. We'll let you off. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, playing, I'm playing. Right. Okay. Let, well, let's end it there, shall we? Um, can you all let them know where they can follow you, find you, all that good stuff? Let's start with you, Jacqueline. Yeah. Hello. Um, so uh, <laughs> you can find me. My regular gig is on BBC Radio London on a Wednesday night uh, between 8 and 10 presenting the scene. On Monday, I have a documentary coming out on BBC Radio 4. Come on, Jacqueline. And, uh, and it's, a real, it's a real passion piece, and we get really deep and personal into, into my life and some of my motivation as wow. well. So I'd love for you all to get behind it and support oh. it. It's called we Missing will. Mother. And, um, and yeah, so you, I can be found there. And then during the summer, you'll be able to see me on Sky Sports Cricket uh, as one of the presenters for The 100. So I can oh. be found all about the place. Nice I highly... Nice Insta as well. Insta as oh, well. Insta. Socials. Oh, yeah, sorry. Social media, Jax Sheps. Nice and easy. J-A-X-X-S-H-E-P-S. Jax Sheps. Thank you. All right, you can find me on Sky um, On Demand, um, a show called Bloods, or ooh, on ooh, Apple ooh. TV on a show called Ted Lasso, ooh, or, ooh, or, ooh. 
or, or if you're if any Man United fans in the house, no, cool, yep. Obviously, United View, find me on there as well. Um, and then, oh, wait, hold on, Instagram, um, at KGTHA Comedian. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Neha. Um, so you can find me every Friday at three o'clock while I count down the official Asian music chart on BBC Asian Network. There are some English songs, FYI. There's a few. There's quite a lot, actually. Um, and then, of course, you can catch me on this Indian TV show called This EB. Basically, I go to people's houses, I cook curry, and I eat it. You learn a recipe, and you watch me eat. Yes. The best program you want to watch. Yes. So that's on all the Indian TV channels. At Neha Official. N-A-Y-H-A. Goodbye. Thank you. Hi, guys. Um, so I'm mainly on Kiss Street at the minute, which is on the Kiss Cube app. I do weekend breakfast over there. And yeah, DJing here and there. We'll be doing that over the summer. Um, and then my socials are uh, King AJ King on Instagram and It's AJ King on Twitter. Holler at me. Yeah. Jeez. Thank you so much. Can we give a massive round of applause to our special Thank guest you. at the mainstream? Thank you so much, guys. You've been listening to the Mainstream Podcast live from Box Park Croydon. Special thank you to all of the team there for hosting us. And another thank you to our special guests, AJ King, Neha Ahmed, KG the Comedian and Jacqueline Shepard. Also, thank you to all of the audience members that joined us on the night and thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review on Apple and Spotify and follow us at The Mainstream UK and at Ramel underscore London.